Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, January 9th, 2013, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Happy New Year! Bob Ryder. Oh, you stole my line. Happy New Year. <laughs> and Stephanie Cook. Merry Christmas! <laughs> well, guys, it really, it's a, Steve said a doubly because we had a podcast last week. Where yeah. I believe we said Happy New Year to people. Did we? Yeah, even oh. though we recorded it about a month ago. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, we, yes, you, you, for the magic yeah. of uh, recording. Uh, you guys have been hearing us the last three weeks, but we have blissfully been uh, taking a little hiatus. But now we are back for the new year and are ready to kick some ass. Um Starting off this new year, we're going to be closing out last year. Uh, you listened to our nomination shows. Uh, you saw our ballots and voted uh, online and tonight we're going to be announcing the winners from the fan voting and we are going to be announcing our official site winners so uh, we'll be doing that in the second half of the show uh, but for the first half of the show we're going to do a regular old uh, book of the week segment get back on the horse here a little bit we have a couple of weeks of books to choose from um, Steve why don't you uh, start us off well my uh, favorite book of the week is Hawkeye number six. Nice. Absolutely just an awesome, awesome book. Uh, anybody that's been reading Hawkeye knows that uh, pretty much every time that you buy this comic, you're going to laugh your ass off. You're going to have a good time. Um, it reminds me, I think we've said this on the show, it reminds me a little bit of Burn Notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, slightly. But um, Hawkeye number six is probably my favorite issue of the series so far, as much as I've enjoyed the rest of them. This one... Uh, just really, really hit the mark for me because usually what you get when you read Hawkeye is a kind of like a one and done story of him just doing his uh, his everyday stuff, uh, meddling with you know local hoods and and so on and so forth. And with this one, you get several days of his life leading up to Christmas, and you get to experience all these tiny stories within these couple of days. And it just it makes for a really cool structure of the comic that as I was reading it, I felt like I was reading more than one Hawkeye comic within the same comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really, really cleverly done. It's the series is so funny. All the the characters are just they're hilarious. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed it uh, more so than anything else that I've read. I haven't been had the chance to read much because we've been catching up, you know, well, I've read tons, but it's been all nominations <laughs> yeah, and things too. like that. Um, real quick. Uh, one of the other things that I had the chance to read was uh fatal by Ed Brubaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that series is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had read the first one and I never got the chance to finish it up. And just last night I sat through uh, one through 11 and it was just wonderful. 
uh, very Lovecraftian, noir, pulp, comic-y kind of stuff. Uh, the atmosphere, the characters, the mood of it, everything uh, was really, really cool. It actually got into uh, my top 10 of the year list at number 10. So, nice. which is up on the site right now. It is. All of our lists are up on the site yes. uh, right now over at talkingcomicbooks.com. Um, yeah, Hawkeye, which is also on my top 10 list um, yeah, for the year. Too. Me too. Is, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, I generally really kind of gravitate towards more um, complicated, uh, you know, plot structures and stuff for things that I tend to really love in, in that kind of way the way mm-hmm. i love hawkeye but hawkeye is completely different you know it, it is it is one or two issue stories that uh give you like these they're like little joy bombs you know it's yeah. just for the 22 pages or whatever it is uh you're entertained from page one to page 22 you know the art is always inventive mm-hmm. um this i love it because not only is it all these days in his life but the days are done out of order and you're getting payoff of jokes that are set up from, you know, on day four, there's a, like a punchline to a joke. And then on you, you hear the rest the actual part yeah. of the joke <clears throat> when they tell you day two. Yeah. And it's just it's this great, clever uh, um, way about it. And yeah, I it's uh, every month I when we get, when I get to read that book out, you yeah. know, it's one of the it's always one of the ones I'm the most excited it's for. It's very unpredictable. Yeah. You, like you never know you never know what he's going to be doing, what kind mm. of story you're going to get. Yeah. Um but so far, I mean, I've enjoyed every issue, but this issue in particular I think is the standout that if I was going to show somebody what this was about, mm-hmm. I'd be like check out, you know, 6 days in the life of Hawkeye when he's not doing Avenger shit yeah. and, you know, you tell me you don't want to read the rest of this. Yeah. Oh, Hawkeye's Bill, what am I saying? Definitely read those. Go ahead. I have them all, but that's one of the series that I've kind of been building up to kind of read in one sitting. And mm-hmm. Oh, you'll blow it. Sounds so great. Everybody's um, been putting it on their top 10 lists, and I kind of regret not getting around to it sooner. So much fun. Yeah, it's just a ton of fun. And this is Bobby. Yeah, that was maybe my biggest surprise of the year. It's mm-hmm. right up there with, with Captain Marvel, probably. It's uh, Hawkeye? I don't know. They don't even care, really. Right. But this is just funny adventurous it's spy stuff it's ground level spy things i've said before it reminds me a lot of the 70s luke cage it's a guy in a neighborhood dealing with the local hoods mm-hmm. and the local businessmen luke used to fight with the coke machine <laughs> it would never it would never give him what he wanted he have to punch it through the wall or whatever and so he's fighting with the pizzeria and the mm-hmm. the, the, the tracksuit mafia whatever yeah <laughs> just a just a great book month after month mm-hmm. tracksuit mafia yeah and he's fraction in a very short amount of time has created a universe that Hawkeye kind of exists yeah. in and mm-hmm. when you see those tracks you guys come back in I think that was was that issue six or was it issue five uh is it, five? Five? six, is, yeah. six I read that six? issue a couple weeks ago so yeah but when they come back in that issue it and, you know and they were obviously the issue with the the girl and the stealing of the car mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that it you know it's almost like going back to an, an old staple but they've only been in one other issue but you feel they're like they enrich the universe so much yeah that mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just a great way to create something in six issues that feels like it's been around much longer you know yeah, it, that's a great point yeah um, absolutely and it's just it's just fantastic there's also a lot of really great online support for the comic yeah. that there's all these people draw fan art all the time mm-hmm. of like compromising cliff barton things <laughs> well the, the hawkeye initiative yeah the hawkeye initiative oh. um the pizza dog twitter account which is is simple but hilarious mm-hmm. and uh pizza, he, wait wait 
Pizza Dog has a Twitter. Pizza yes. Dog has a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pizza Dog and I are friends. Okay. And Pizza Dog is he responds, he retweets, and some of the stuff that he comes up with. Like I, my roommate, I asked him to come by and bite him for me, <laughs> and he like responded. He's like, is, "Is he a tracksuit Dracula?" <laughs> and like we went on this conversation of like all these different types of mm-hmm. of like bullies and annoyances in life and stuff. And he's like barking and and growling. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of funny and cool things attached to this comic in the short time that it's been around. Um, it's just been nonstop fun. Like whenever a Hawkeye comic comes out that day and like, you know, like, like Rob calls out Hawkeye, it's like, yes. (laughs) So, you know, you know, you're going to laugh later on that evening. Absolutely. So good one on that one. Uh, Bob, what about you? What do you got? Really quickly, uh, Red She-Hulk 61. I had been on the fence about this and almost dropped it at one point, but I should have trusted in Jeff Parker. Uh, the story's getting bigger and bigger. We now have the, the a far-reaching future past story, a world machine cre- in the image of Nikola Tesla, no less. We get a lot more Betty Ross here where you see the depth of her emotion as to why she needs to do what she does. She's seen the future through the eyes of a little girl named Eleanor, and it's not a good future. Uh, just really, really good. Uh, you still have time to jump on this. It's only a couple issues in. But Book of the Week is New Avengers number one. Uh, Jonathan Hickman back again with Steve Epting. As he was winding up Fantastic Four, he had mentioned a couple of Laracoms. He was a big fan of, of the Black Panther. And this, his love is on every page of this and with, with here. You see a regal, mysterious, great scientist, great leader character uh, with a mysterious incursion on his property, so to speak. There are these people from, we're not sure exactly where and when yet, that'll come. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at the Illuminati, who I'm not a huge fan of, but I think Mr. <laughs> Hickman can find a way to make this work in a way that hasn't before. And the, I won't spoil too much of the final panel, but it's lovely to see Captain America look like Captain America by Steve Epting. No pouches, no silly helmet. He's Cap. Nice. So if people, here's a chance to really jump on. This is a number one. Go right ahead. New Avengers number one. It is a number one. <clears throat> like everything that Hickman ever writes, I, I, I found myself... A little bit confused at times with what was happening. It does. Re- I think it does rely a lot um, uh, on some prior story, you know, lines. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need them, I think, to enjoy because I I don't know them, but I enjoyed what I was reading. But there's definitely like you know the references to the Illuminati and the way they kind of bring it out and um, the you know and because of that central conceit that he lays out at the beginning that you feel like I should know this when you see those villains who you're not sure who they are mm-hmm. part of my mind was like well should I know who they are you know because okay, yeah I get that because there's something else I already don't know that he's kind of which I'm sure he'll catch me up on as we go along but I thought the same thing with the villain you know but from what I've heard it's kind of the same thing that's going on over in Avengers which it's a villain that is not a very well known. Right. It's not a known villain that he's kind of created. That he's just he has a way of when he introduces characters, they seem like they have a really long backstory even before you hear them say a word. And you'll get to see their backstory. Yeah, it may take three years, but you'll get to see everything that ever led right. to where they are right now. <laughs> and I'm sure that's true. So that was my only kind of um, reservation about the issue. However, I do love that T'Challa is the main the main character in the book and. You get a, he does a really good job of laying out who T'Challa is in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. 
you get the you know the majesty of him you get his kindness you get his the the danger that he can bring to a situation all in a very compressed amount of time and i think by the benefit of the new avengers being a smaller team now for it being just this illuminati group you're going to have a lot more opportunity to have more character focused mm-hmm. stories which i'm excited about well you mentioned that danger which is it's great to hear because when he was first introduced back in ff52 all those years ago he beat the fantastic four single handedly mm-hmm. With scientific knowledge and his own thing, he managed to weaken the thing enough he could beat him in a fist fight. Yeah. How? I mean, he's the Black Panther because yeah. he's a really smart fellow. He is a really smart guy. And I mean, I have something uh, I, like, I like for him because of that uh, Avengers cartoon, the Earth is My, Earth's My is Heroes. He's awesome on that. And so I'm looking forward to getting to read a book every month uh, that has him in it as a central character. Um, so any other books you want nope, to talk that's about? That's it. That's it. Uh, Steve, did you get? Did you read New Avengers? I did. You did, What'd and you, you got. You guys pretty much summed up everything that I would say about it. Um, I'm super, super excited uh, to see uh, T'Challa in, in like the central character of the book. Mm-hmm. I never got to really read anything with him in it outside of Fantastic Four and FF. So to see him be, I guess the the leader of this title, mm-hmm. and to have it being written by Jonathan Hickman, I'm just super, super excited. Yeah. I can't wait to see. Jonathan Hickman do for the Avengers what he's done for the Fantastic Four. I think it's just going to transfer right over. Mm-hmm. And as far as him, his characterizations, he's just, he's a really, really big, big, big writer. Mm-hmm. Like anything yeah. that he writes feels massive. And I love the idea of applying that, that is massivity a word? <laughs> it is now. So, it like is it. now. All right. The, like the, the massivity to, of, of the Fantastic <laughs> Four to the Avengers mm-hmm. I just I I can't think of a better person to have kind of done cleanup and pull them out of the whole AVX um, thing. I'm not going to call it a disaster. Mm-hmm. Morass. Yeah. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steph. You're welcome. Woo! So, Stephanie, what about you? What about your book of the week? Um, mine in you know turn of events a twist even is an actual book. Uh-huh. With words and everything? So, pardon? With words and everything? With lots of words. Wow. And no All pictures. Words. All words. <laughs> no, no pictures. pictures. <laughs> what kind of um, show do you think this so, is? <laughs> uh, you guys will remember when I talked about Ready Player One, um, whenever long ago I read that. Um, I, I believe you guys read that as well, yeah? yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> sorry. Well, sorry, Bob. Um, the other guys read it. So, um... I'd been tweeting about the book and talking to people and a lot of uh, our listeners uh, recommended Ender's Game to me. So I don't know if you guys have heard of that one before, but it's a book by Orson Scott Card. And I had never heard of it before. This book came out in like 1984, 1985. Mm-hmm. And like, this was the first I heard about it. I'm like, is this new? Like, <laughs> no, this is older than you. Like, what? Anyways. <laughs> So it's basically this sci-fi book that's, um, that takes place in the future and um, Earth's about to be invaded by aliens. And so, you know, they're building up this army to kind of defeat them. And they've already been at war with them twice before. So this is like the third wave and they're just hoping to completely like wipe out these aliens so they never have to worry about them again. Um, instead of training like soldiers, like, you know, you have to be 18 to enlist in the army though. Um, they're recruiting children. So they basically, 
uh, enlist these super genius children to kind of um, start fighting their training to fight their wars so that by the time they're like, you know, mature, by the time they're like 18, they'll be hardened, you know, commanders. So um, this was recommended to me again after I read Ready Player One. And I was like, I don't really see the, you know, other than it's just kind of like Mm sci-fi. But it was really, really good. Um, (laughs) I I think this is something that everyone who, you know, reads comics or most people that do could get behind because it's very visual and um, descriptive and allows you to really build up this world in your mind. And um, there's a lot of really interesting politics and um, just really impact impactive impact impact come on make up words with me yeah. <laughs> impactive story yes nice so um yeah it focuses on the character who is named ender and um i, I don't want to like go on and on and on about the plot itself but um it's a really interesting read and i believe it's a there's three books in the series mm-hmm. Whoa. um i didn't feel the need to read other ones after I finished this one, but I've been told that I probably should. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but I mean, that's not a bad thing that I didn't feel like it. I just felt like it kind of summed up what I needed to, you know, appreciate in this one book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm rambling a little bit, and I know you guys haven't read it yourselves yet. But well, I oh, can I talk? Huh? All right, oh. I'm talking. Shush. I remember that that book being that coveted book that every everybody that I went to school with they would borrow it from their brother anybody that was into Dungeons and Dragons or you know any of the other cool people I hung out with that <laughs> they would tell me to read that book and I never ever listened to them but I've heard the name kind of like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm-hmm. I've never read that either ooh. I know and I've and every time that I say that I get that ooh you know there's like a there's, there's some ascending in the ranks and all of a sudden <laughs> I've you know marred myself in mm-hmm. people's eyes but um, yeah Ender's Game was one of those things that was it's in the list of if you haven't read it you really should, especially if you're into sci-fi, if you're into like the fantastic and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. you've got to check it out. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, but like I hadn't even heard of it. Like maybe it was just I don't like, understand that. of nowhere and they didn't really read those things. I don't understand how but you've never heard of it. That baffles until me. until Twitter this or last year, rather, I, I didn't even know it existed. Hmm. Well, now you know. It's soon to be a major motion picture. <gasps> no, really? With Harrison yeah. Ford. Harrison Ford, isn't it? And uh, isn't it the kid from um, Hugo, I believe, is playing oh. Ender? That I would be a good choice. I haven't heard much of it. Like, I basically wrote a review on Goodreads, and my friend uh, Jeff, who lives near me, was like, Harrison Ford's going to be in it. There's going to be a movie. And I was like, oh, well, huh. Yeah, <laughs> cool. it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. I guess Asia or Aza Butterfield. That's the... That's oh, the kid okay. from Hugo, and then Abigail Breslin is in it. Oh, cool! Yeah, so there you go. So you read well, it. it was really good, and I think uh, again, I when I mentioned Ready Player One, this came up a lot. So if you haven't read Ender's Game before, um, it's on your sci-fi must list. All mm-hmm. right. Um, so for me, um, one thing I want to talk about, which I love, that end of my top ten list that we don't have time to talk about actually during by the end of the year stuff, but. Um, uh, Cowboy, a boy and his horse, uh, which uh, Nate Cosby, I believe, uh, wrote, and 
uh, Rob actually gave it to me as a Christmas present, and I, I read it on the plane on my way to a wedding Aww. I was going to in uh, Minnesota th- this past winter. And this past winter, it was like two weeks <laughs> ago. Uh, <laughs> Talking from the future again, guys. Yep. And it blew me away. It's an all ages book um, about a kid who is a, I think he's like eight years old or something. He's a bounty hunter. Uh, That's um, good right away. And, uh, y- you know, his horse. It isn't the, his horse. It's what he calls his gun because it has like a little, uh, um, y- you know, like a uh, almost a toy horse, like that you'd like yeah. fake ride yeah. when you were a kid. Like the head of that horse is on the back of his gun, and so he calls that his <laughs> horse. Uh, it's uh, freaking adorable for one thing. Uh, much like uh, JL Eight, which we've talked about uh, um, when we were talking about web comics on the nomination shows, but it also has you know a real heart to it and a real kind of emotional through line and a story that I think kids will enjoy, but I think parents and adults of any kind will get an enjoyment out of because, you know, it's about kind of um, the moments and these are uh, in his, in, 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 in the boys case, they're very huge, crazy things, but the moment where you realize that, you know, sometimes the people you, you love, uh, are not good for you kind of way, you know, and whether that's family or anything else. Um, So there's some deep stuff there, but it's also hilarious and adorable. And I recommend it to anybody um, who uh, is interested in stuff like that. Uh, Other than that, um, I want to talk quickly, uh, well, quickly about uh, Punk Rock Jesus uh, six of six came out. I'm not going to talk about the plot at all. Okay. Um, I will say that I was, I wasn't disappointed in the way that it ended, but I don't feel like it tied up itself in a in a in a well of, in as good a way as it could have. Uh, some of the stuff felt a little rushed. There's a couple of really big moments that, for whatever reason, just didn't hit with me. You know, and maybe it was my mood when I was reading it, and I may have to read it again. But there are some a couple of really big things that are you know they've planned out and that you know feel like they're you know, they work in the story, but they just did not have the emotional punch. I think they were supposed to. So, I mean, one good issue does not make the series less than great because the series is great. Um, and I think sometimes endings can sometimes be the only thing on our minds when we finish something and you kind of throw out the rest of it because the ending Mm -hmm. isn't, isn't great, but, uh, it's still a great series and the ending isn't bad. It's just, it, I was expecting to put it down and be like, this is one of the best things I've read. And it just wasn't that because that's what the rest of the series was to me. So, hmm. um, is that? Uh, but something I did love completely, um, and it started something big. Is uh, the Throne of Atlantis storyline started up in Justice League and Aquaman uh, this past week, and it, it this finally feels, you know, like the place Justice League should be, and I guess by tying it very heavily into the other series that he's writing that's been very successful. Uh, I, I feel like it really, really helps Justice League to be almost in Aquaman world, you know. Um, and this feels like something they can build on, whereas in the past, there's been a couple issues that have been very good, but they felt more like, I felt more like, oh, I hope that things continue to be good going the, in the future. This, I can see how it can keep being a quality piece of storytelling going forward. Um, it's... You know, it's the best, uh, to me, like, very traditional superhero thing that's happening right now. You know, all the other superhero books I really love kind of are doing something a little bit different 
with you know what they're doing and this one is straight out superhero storytelling with really good characters and in in this i mean there's a scene between clark and diana um which i think is fantastic you know it's clark basically showing her his life like showing him what smallville means to him and why he has the clark kent personality and why it might help her to have her own personality that's not you know, Wonder Woman and that stuff works really well. We have, we have Batman interacting with these other characters and really, for the first time, you know, being a Batman that I am come to accustomed to while just reading him in Justice League stories. You know, he's kind of a little bit of an outsider. He, you know, he, you it know, doesn't he, play well with others. He's a little yeah. bit grumpy about stuff that's happening, but he's also, you know, all about saving the day. So he's going to do what he has to do. Um Shame well, it took 15 issues to get to here. It's true. It's absolutely true. But I, I think that if you've been reading Aquaman, you could probably jump in on this Justice League and not be lost. I mean, as long as you know who these characters are, there will be little points that you might not know what they're talking about. Because um, there has been issues in the past where uh, you know Arthur has kind of challenged uh, Bruce's authority in, in, in the Justice League. You might be wondering why Hal isn't there. You know, these are all things that have kind of happened over the last uh, couple of months. And the other thing, too, is the backup, which has been a really slow burn. It's been, it's been, I gotta say, it's been at least six or seven issues, I think. Maybe, probably, maybe six. The Shazam backup has really started to come into its own as, you know, something I look forward to just as much as reading the Justice League book. Hmm. Um, he's developed into, you know, kind of the first stages of who he's going to be. He's, getting, he's about to have his first um, run in with Black Adam. And uh, I think that he's going to start becoming a main, start transitioning into the mainline part of Justice League. And Aquaman was Aquaman. It was it was great and and fun and uh, intriguing uh, and all the things that it's been in all its fifteen issues. So I I really recommend if if you know if you like the big superhero stories and you've been staying away from this because honestly Justice League well I've read every all fifteen issues and I don't regret reading those fifteen issues. It has not been great, you know. It's been generally pretty good, so sometimes mediocre, and, uh, um, at, at its worst. And so, I, you know, there's no reason for you to spend four dollars on it every month if you don't feel a big passion about the writer or anything. But this is a great start, and I think the start of something pretty big for both of the books. So, definitely, definitely check those out. You make a good case. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, I mean, you've been reading Aquaman, right? I've read, I think I'm maybe two issues behind, okay. but I have been reading it, and what I've read of it, I have really enjoyed. Yeah. And Stephanie, so you've been, good. yeah, I mean, it's on, it made both of our top 10 lists, I believe, Stephanie, right? It did, and that was one of the late ones that I started reading, and it really, really surprised me. Mm-hmm. I would have never read Aquaman. Mm-hmm. They did such a good job with the reboot. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, so, before we uh, go on to our kind of, uh, we're going to do a section where we're going to talk about our nominations and stuff one more time. Before we do that, I just want to ask you guys, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 700, um, it came out a couple weeks ago now, obviously, we weren't recording, so we couldn't talk about it. Big stuff. Um, do we want to do what we've done similarly with Spider-Man stuff in the past and talk about it at the end of the show after we play the theme? Because we can't really talk about it without talking about yeah we'll spoilers. And if somebody's yeah. waiting for a trade or something, I don't want to ruin it. Uh, for them, although I don't know how it wasn't ruined for them, I don't know how I avoided it before I read the book. So then the weeks preceding, um, I don't know if you missed it. I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, he gets a dog, right? <laughs> he gets a dog. That's the big. That's the big thing that happens. He gets a dog. All right. So, um, 
we're going to be, if you guys have been listening over the last, you know, three weeks, you've known, you knew that we took, you know, all of our short lists uh, of nominations and pared them down in, um, a, obviously a three part epic uh, of us, you know, um, sometimes cordially not, so, and sometimes not so cordially, you know, arguing about what should make it and what shouldn't, um, we did not want to spend uh, another show doing that for these winners. And we feel, I think, I think we all feel that we made our cases for these people um, just as much as we could. Uh, and so we all voted. We're going to do a weighted ballot system. And, you know, we're going to vote during the break. Uh, but before we got there, I wanted to give everybody the chance to kind of make their case for a certain nominee that they really wanted to win to see if they could sway anyone into changing their minds. Now, before we go into it, I just w- 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 there's only one ground rule, and that is if you're going to argue for someone, I want to hear positive argument towards that person, not negative arguments against another nominee. This is not about being negative. It's about being positive. Um so, and obviously there's no pressure to change any of your rankings if you don't want to, but I figured we'd give some people some time to kind of go over stuff and talk about anybody in their last chance they got. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll announce uh, both uh, our winners and the site winners that were voted on by listeners and readers. Uh, so, let's go, we'll go over the categories, and as we go along, if there's anybody anybody wants to fight for, we can obviously do that. So, um, we start with, uh, well, we start with Best Publisher. And our nominees were Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, and IDW. Um, and then we've got uh, Breakthrough Writer. So, uh, we got Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, Curtis Weeb, Jeff Parker, uh, Matt Fraction, and J.H. Williams III. Uh, is there anybody who wants to uh, impassionately endorse anyone? No, beyond what we did. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, no, Steve's no. Ready. I really like. I've only got like two things in mind for that when we get to those categories that yeah. I wanted to say. That's fine. But yeah. that's pretty much it. I mean, we made our cast our cases earlier. Yeah. Um, I just really, really, really just want to point out Jonathan Hickman, and I mean, it's hard to do that with out with uh, having you know some people in the cast that haven't read much of his run on FF and and Fantastic Four, but. If you've looked at anything that he's done with the Avengers recently, well, I'll say one thing. Yes, Please. let's wait till we get to best writer, and then you can impassionally okay. argue for John okay. Hickman. Okay, that way, so we don't get mixed up. And, okay, okay, no problem. Um, all right, uh, I will say this: uh, uh, we had a mention on Twitter. One of our listeners, you know, they were very happy that Kelly Sudeikonik was on Breakthrough Writer and on Best Writer, but they we're kind of disappointed that we all agreed so quickly and didn't really say why we thought Kelly Sudeikonik should, uh, should be nominated. So listen to the past podcast. <laughs> I know I was going to say, yeah. we have talked about her at length. Um, but I mean, Bob, I, I would let sure. you say Look, something. Here's someone who, whose work I barely knew. I'd read some of those issues without knowing who that name was. Mm. Uh, the announcement of Captain Marvel, which is a character that's not been handled very well by a lot of people over the years. It took some restructuring to get her to not even be a disaster. Uh, those avenging Spider-Man issues as the introduction to what Carol was going to be. And then we go full-fledged into not only rebooting a character, but restoring her luster, making her a, a feeling, caring human being yet still a superhero, but still human enough to strive to be better that she wants to be the best. 
that is an amazing piece of work. And for a, not a fledgling writer, she's been at this a very long time, but sort of new to mainstream comic books. That's just incredible. And that's what puts Kelly Sue on both those lists for my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's very well said, Bob. But one thing I will say is just for me, the thing that puts her over the top over a lot of other writers is her use of humor and uh, with especially within dramatic situations um i love that yeah. kind of writing and she is just you know kind of note perfect at it or at least has been i think up until this point hulk make me a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> best moment of the year so i hope that you know gave you a <laughs> a reasoning for why she is on our list um so a breakthrough artist we have fiona staples michael allred amanda connor riley rossimo and chris samney we have had uh, some just bit me <laughs> what was that? The cat just bit oh, her. I'm sorry. Oh, carry on. My cat just bit me. That's not good. Um, really there have been some blood. some chatting about well, Mike Allred's been working for years and years mm-hmm. and years, but I think it was the extra depth that we're seeing in FF. Mm-hmm. There's something new to what he did, and so that's now the definition of breakthrough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't know if anybody wants you good you good with you don't want to put any arguments in for anybody. No. Okay. Okay. No. Um. Stephanie, anybody for you in that category, or should we move on? Uh, for Breakthrough, I mean, I feel like mine's a pretty solid vote towards Fiona Staples, and I feel like she's probably the strongest choice in here. And uh, I think I talked about it at length the last couple of podcasts, so mm-hmm. I won't go into it too much, but mm-hmm. all we right. all know she rocks. It's true. We do all know that. Um, best cover, we have Batwoman number five, uh, The Massive number one variant, Punisher number 16, Masks number one, and Fairest number eight we get it's not really again much arguing for these because right. we already <laughs> done the thing but um we'll move on from that uh best web or digital series uh sarah and the seed jl8 hark a vagrant the abominable charles christopher and legends of the dark knight right. um i mean for me uh i will say that uh i read all of these uh at least a good chunk of all of them to get ready for this and just like i mentioned when we did the nominations uh there's something about JL8 that just, you know, sp- speaks me. I, it's not as emotional as Sarah and the Seed, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, not as kind of, I don't know, bizarrely clever as some of the other, like, you know, the Hark of Vagrant or the Bottom of Charles Christopher. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and obviously, but I will say that it it manages to straddle the line between being. Um, very kitty, but also incredibly mature in the things that it brings up in very subtle ways. You know, uh, and I, we had talked about, I put this, um, one of these panels on, on my best list. Let's see if I talk about this off mic, I believe. But there's a couple moments. There's one moment where, you know, Bruce uh, is walking home with Clark and Clark gets to go up to his, his parents mm-hmm. and Bruce has to walk away, you know, by mm-hmm. himself. And it's, you know, it's not, they don't make a big deal about it. But it's just the framing and, and the kind of loneliness. You feel that loneliness in that moment. And there's also another moment where, you know, he talks about, you know, he, he, he let his guard down once. And they just have the flowers, like, on the wet pavement, you know, where his parents would have been, you know, killed. And it's very subtle. And if you don't know, if you're a kid, you don't, you don't know the story of, of Batman, you wouldn't know what that meant. But... It's just, it's so impactful to be able to tell that much story in that little real estate. Um, uh, and it's also, it's just, 
beautiful. Like it, it looks like something that could be published by DC, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. They so, should be. Yeah, they really should be. It, it's a much. Uh, it, it's great they put out those adventures books mm-hmm. that they do, but this is truly an all ages mm-hmm. strip where adults could read and get something. You can't read the Superman adventures as a grown up. Right. It's a little childish, mm-hmm. and a a forward reaching kid couldn't read it either without feeling insulted. Yeah. This. In some ways, these characters are more on model than the ones in the real books, yeah. <laughs> which is sad, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they have to hire Yale Stewart. Yale Stewart. They have yeah. to hire him now yeah. to, to do a, just, a real book for oh, them. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just reading an interview with Yale Stewart. Uh, he uh, did something with my friend, and um, I guess like he had done. He put a cameo of Neil Gaiman into one of the books. He did. Really? Yep. yep. Yeah, and apparently he's like uh, he works at a bookshop, and all these people were like tweeting Neil Gaiman about the thing and being like. Oh my god, have you seen? And they were like, and I guess Yale Stewart was like freaking out because he thought Neil Gaiman was gonna be like, ah, take me out of here, like. Ah. <laughs> but apparently, like Neil Gaiman like wound up sending him an email and being like, these are some books I would recommend to Clark, <laughs> and like gave him lists of stuff that he would recommend for that. And I thought that was really That's cool lovely. and a random fact about JLA. Yeah, Neil ne- Gaiman approved. Yeah, Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. is gotta be like one of the coolest people in the entire world. He's the man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's my kind of. Uh, impassioned uh, thing about JL8. I just wanted to, to talk about it a little bit. Mm. Um, uh, so best mini series or limited series. We have The Cape by Joe Hill, Ghost by Kelly Sue DeConnick, Alabaster Wolves by Caitlin R. Kiernan, Punk Rock Jesus by Sean Murphy, and Before Watchmen, Silk, Sec- S- Silk Spectre. Silk Sexter. Still- <laughs> yeah. She's very good at the texting. Yeah. <laughs> like dirty texts. Um, Amanda Connor and Darwin Cook. Uh, so, uh, I don't know if anybody wants to, you know, put a campaign for any of those. Uh, I will say this: I'm not campaigning for it necessarily, but I did read Alabaster Wolves in this kind of catch-up situation, and I loved it. I, I thought that, and uh, I said this to Stephanie uh, via text message, but it felt to me like a like almost like a Neil Gaiman story, like a yeah. like a Neil Gaiman short story uh, made into a comic book, and I loved the main character. Um, really excited to see if they come out with another limited series of it. Um, and I, one of the things I love about it is the way that they just it just throws you in. It just starts. She's already in this town. You know, she's already in the middle of hunting this this yeah. creature. And they don't. You know, you have to learn as you go along, like who she is and what her deal is. You know. Um, and I loved that about it. I, 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 at first it put, it was, it confused me. I was like, I was like rereading the first couple of pages cause I feel like I was missing something. But once I realized this, the way they were telling the story, I was completely in. Um, and it's a book that, you know, anybody who's into any sort of kind of Gothic or horror comic should definitely check out. Um, and it was funny because the covers of the book look such a certain way. Mm-hmm. And they look nothing like the inside of the book. That just this is judging a book by its cover. What I what I got inside the books was not what I expected at all from seeing the cover. I expected something almost, I don't know, something almost medieval. Like from looking at those covers, you know. And yeah. once I got into it, it was modern, and it was it was just they're very gothic, very gothic. It was it was. It, they no, were, it was I think great. you mentioned in your review the whole Lovecraft thing. She's a Lovecraftian scholar. Oh, she is. Yeah, I didn't she's know that. in the documentaries about okay. him. She's really versed in, in all that sort of stuff. So yeah. the book definitely has that. I look at this category. I think this is one of our strongest categories. I think I think so too. There's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff on here. Um, really, any of them that won, I would not be I would not be upset about it. Um, anybody want to say anything about any of the nominees, or should we move on from that one? Moving on. Moving on. All right. Best single issue graphic novel or one shot. Uh, the underwater welder. Uh, Batman number five, 
Tale of Sand, Fantastic Four number 606, and Revival number one. Anybody have anything to say about any of those? I will quickly, because you're expecting me to say something about Fantastic Four 606, the way you're looking at me. Um, It's the sort of book we, as a comics community, need to be behind. Something that can be deeply emotional as a standalone single issue about family, yet still within the context of a larger, in this case, seven-year storyline and a 50-year history of a book. Mm -hmm. It is not easy to do that. And that Mr. Hickman managed to to pull this out of the fire. And even as someone who knows Fantastic Voyage, the movie, and Asimov's book or whatever, and I sort of got where he was going, but didn't know where that ending was going to come from. And that just hit me very hard, seeing that character after, you know, all those years. Mm-hmm. Not spoiling that ending for anyone quite yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> even all these months later. Um, You've been on the cusp of spoiling that all year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> next year. I'll you stop spoil yourself it every year. time. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we good? We gonna move on? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, best new series. Speaking <laughs> of great, I think this is one of our best as well. Yeah, also, yeah. Uh, Saga, yeah. Captain Marvel, Revival, Fatal, and Hawkeye. Woof. Are our five nominees? That, that's that's t- it's a tough one. That is a tough uh, thing to vote on right there. Um, Can we have five winners? <laughs> the one thing I'll I'll say a little something for Saga. Okay. Um, I just want to everybody to keep in mind just the the amount of and i keep using this word i know but it's it's massive it's huge like brian k vaughn and fiona staples have not only given us a great new comic book and a great new series but they've given us an entire world like when i first played mass effect when i realized how just ridiculously large and intricate mass effect was or just how large the universe of Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. It's very similar in that sense that if people support this comic and have, and have looked at what this comic has done so far, that the sky is the limit with it. And out of everything that we have on this list, you know, as great as some of it is, some of it is very localized, that I think that Saga is the one thing on this list that could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important thing to remember when choosing the best new series. Uh, I will quickly, unless Stephanie wants to speak about Revival again. No, awesome. go for it, because I know okay. you just read it, so I'm interested to yeah. hear oh, what yeah, I, oh, I read it too. It was so good. Yeah. Just read it, and I mean, I know Walking Dead is on everybody's list, and it's mm-hmm. the million-selling whatever it is. Mm-hmm. This not on is, my list. This is <laughs> so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is different. It is not beholden to George Romero That's and all not. those things that came with it. We're somewhere else. It's religious fanaticism. It's politics. It's a small town. It's all that sort of backwoodsy, weird, rural thing going on. Some great characters, uh, particularly the sister M, who I'm really loving. There's a mm-hmm. giant bug flying around there here. Is. And if it bites me the way your cat bit you, I will probably swell up and die. Seriously, there's blood. <laughs> we, we will not go there. So much blood. Anyway, uh, people should... The first Revival trade came out the week of Christmas. It did, and yeah. it's like $12 for yeah. five issues and a short story. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect jumping on point. Grab this and embrace it. It, it, it I was really impressed. Really yeah. was Thank awesome. you, Stephanie. You're welcome. I think everyone should be reading it in case you haven't been listening to the last zillion podcast since <laughs> it came out. Um, <laughs> so I'm really f- glad you enjoyed it, Bob. My friend Brendan Absolutely. read it the other day and he texted me uh, while I was in, uh, during New Year's. And he's just he like didn't realize that I was in Canada, so I had roaming going on. Mm-hmm. And he just kept talking to me about revival. And I'm like, dude. 
I'm, it's like, like it's costing me. A he's, second, he, yeah. No, he sent me. I think it was something like seven texts about the book, and I'm just like, oh my god, I know it's good. Go away. Happy New Year. I um, message what? One of the uh, the cool thing about revival is that, and I love this about it is that in those first five issues, you know, it continually raises the stakes of what's happening. You know, it. it in that first issue, and this is one of the reasons why that first issue is so good, is it gives you, it gives you like almost every uh, um, you know variable that you're gonna get in that first arc. It doesn't tell you what any of them are. You see like those ghostly weird people. You know, you see the woman kind of freaking out. You see, you know, this and that. Um, and, and then you know, as obviously as we go along, it starts to expand on what those things mean. Um, it also has one of uh, that that uh the, the exorcist guy character oh, or whatever he's creepy is one of the creepiest people like in the entire world like uh, honestly he's disgusting he is disgusting yeah. and he listens to limp fucking biscuit he does which oh, is, is that so what that horrible is? Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that, that okay. well, I I texted Stephanie when I I got to issue five and uh, I believe it's M uh just doles out this burn on the whole Limp Bizkit thing that I I felt compelled to text her. I was laughing my ass off. (laughs) So funny. It's such a, it's so great. I'm so happy that everyone's been reading it and enjoying it. And I'm actually, um, Tim Seeley has the other series like Hack Slash. So I actually just picked up um, the volume two omnibus because for some reason, volume two is like the first 17 issues. In volume two, weird. What? That is strange. That is very strange. I picked up, um, I picked up volume number one of uh, the first trade of Hack Slash at uh, Comic Con. Oh, okay. I got yeah. it for like three bucks. Oh, nice. I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. I picked it up at one of uh, the bookstores in Toronto, and I'm gonna dive into it and see what this is all about. Because I'm, I mean, as you know, I love revival, so I, I want to check out some of his other work and see, you know, mm-hmm. I, if I just you know, love Tim Seeley or if yeah. I just love revival. <laughs> and that's one of those things too. It's one of those books I think definitely benefits from reading it in a lump of, of the, of an arc. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I really loved the first issue. And then as I went along over the five, I kind of, I, I never disliked it, but I wasn't as engaged by it as I had been. And then reading it back through one, you know, one to five, just straight through, I was completely in, you know, there are a lot of, um, Alabaster Wolves was like that, which I'm glad I read it like that. You yeah. Know? Cause like, I would have the trade of that out already. It's coming um, out soon. No, it's coming out soon. Okay. Sometimes, I mean, I find that that happens quite a bit, that if I have like something like Punk Rock Jesus, like the reason that I haven't read six yet is mm-hmm. because I want to go back and read them all. Yeah. Because I feel like for whatever reason, since we read so much, that I've been away from the story and that mm-hmm. I also felt that it kind of dipped a little bit in issue four mm-hmm. and I never quite got the rhythm of it back, that I feel like reading it now would be kind of cheating it out of an honest read. Right. So, yeah, sometimes you need to do that. Just yeah. sit down with the whole thing. Luckily, they're short enough or things that are only like four or five issues that, you know, once you catch the rhythm after the first or second mm. one, plus you read stuff faster when you've already seen it, you've already read it. Yeah. You can kind of just like, you know, get just mm. go right through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So best story arc up next. Uh, Batman Court of Owls Saga uh, Chapter One. Yeah. Captain Marvel in Pursuit of Flight. X Factor, Breaking Points, and Defenders, Everything Dies. All right. Um, I do want. I want to say, um, in the kind of our catch-up situation, I I read through X Factor, Breaking mm-hmm. Points, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I feel like I would have loved it more if I had read everything around it. And I'm doing that. I'm starting to go back. I think of to about like issue like like two thirty or something like that, that's, just to kind of just to kind of go back a little bit and get yep. it. Um, when the uh, 
Every, uh, Ma- everybody keeps killing Madrox or whatever. Yeah. That storyline. So that's where I'm starting. 14 alternate universes. Yeah, yeah. That's and- where I started reading. So I'm going to go back to that and read through that. Um, but I will say, and you're absolutely right, and you've been saying this since you read it, it's, it's just, it's different than just about anything else out there, mm-hmm. you know? And, and the way he writes, uh, um, obviously, we'll, we're gonna t- we'll talk about Peter in a little bit after we come back in the break because when we do our kind of year in retrospective. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you know, he comes fast and furious with those kind of pop culture references mm-hmm. and they're very funny. Um, and he manages to uh, make you care about characters. You know, I read five issues of the book and I definitely was already engaged by personalities. Only five issues in the middle of a run. That's so, impressive. So yeah. I, I, the, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I just wanted to say, because I know that you and Stephanie have kind of been on the on an island you know, these yeah. past couple of months being the ones who read it and Steve and I were reading it. And I'll say it was, I definitely uh, am a fan. Well, just it would just, never have been something I would have picked up if it hadn't been for Bob. So oh, thank, thank you, you Bob. Well, thank you for reading. It's, it's one of those things where it's definitely B list characters, mm-hmm. but they have so much character yeah. that you can't help but be engaged in what's going on when, yeah. when Monet is being a, the B word and mm-hmm. <laughs> Layla's trying to do what she does. I feel like a bad friend. Because I, I have to read this now. Oh. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm the You're only one here that people. didn't read it. <laughs> sometimes, but sometimes using B-list characters, you know, it, it allows you to do more. You know, it's a lot mm-hmm. of what goes on. I mean, obviously, there's some A-list characters in Uncanny X-Force, like, you know, Wolverine. Um, uh, but, you know, there's also like Phantom X and Psylocke. Those are not A-list right. characters. But you get to do so much with them because people do not do not have as much of a preconceived notion of what they're going to be getting when, when they get into it. You know? See, it's to me why the old Thunderbolt slash Dark Avengers works and a new Thunderbolts filled with A-listers well, no, that, that may not work make as, sense well, as yeah. much, you know? I mean, they're already changing the artist in that book, though. Really? Yeah. In, like, March, they're, he's gone. Who are they going to? I don't, Do I don't remember. It's, I have it. I'll look it up okay. during the break, and then I'll, I'll let it you know. It may not help any, but it couldn't hurt. <laughs> um, we oh, don't have thunder, that. For Thunderbolts? Yeah. yeah, we don't have that constipated face anymore. <laughs> Uh, so um, we're gonna, going on to some of the really big ones here. Uh, best artist: uh, Fiona Staples, J. H. Williams III, Greg Capullo, David Aja, and Mike Norton. I got nothing. You got nothing. Uh, yeah. No, well, we are, we we we. I don't know. I feel like all these people speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, it's really at the point where anybody, anything that wins, I'm gonna be satisfied. The, mm-hmm. We pared things down really well, I mm-hmm. think. I mean, I know that there's some stuff missing, but there's only five, you know, things per. Yeah. And for I'm like looking at the list and ranking them. It's there's nothing on here that I wouldn't be happy if it if it took the crown. So it's all good. Yeah. I think we all have that same feeling. Yeah. So that's pretty special. All right. So uh, at least we do good work. <laughs> uh, best writer: Scott Snyder, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Jeff Lemire, Mark Wade, and Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. I just he's 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 wonderful. Uh I keep saying it. He he writes such big stories. He takes characters. I let's put it this way. For me personally, I never if you told me that the Fantastic Four and Future Foundation were gonna be my favorite comics, period, by the end of this year, I might not have believed you, but through Bob and through the introduction into Jonathan Hickman's writing, um I when I watch films, I love f- movies that not necessarily are long, but movies that are complicated or movies that you have to kind of sift through some things to figure out. Uh, I just recently watched the movie Stay, which 
it, even in the last five minutes, three minutes, that movie flips itself on its ass and it begs you. What's that? I love that movie. Right? It it begs you to like rethink the whole thing. Um, and I also watched Looper, which wasn't as amazing as Stay, but it was still one of those like sit and figure it out. You could be wrong. You could be right kind of things. Jonathan Hickman has done or created, taken this family where each and every single character in those books, I felt a connection to, I felt close to, and I've never read a superhero book where I've gone on more adventures or had seen more amazing places than within Jonathan Hickman's writing both of those series. And then for him to move on to the Avengers and for him to have just made done the cleanup and made the Avengers now so like like localized but big at the same time that first those first two issues of of the new Avengers not new Avengers but Avengers, Avengers. Yeah. it just what a way to start uh, a series especially a flagship title like Avengers that if you're gonna send people that have seen the movies and they're like oh I want to start reading Avengers you're going to point them to Jonathan Hickman's Avengers book because that's the book. And just like Scott Snyder did with Batman, where he just, you know, did like a spit shine with him and gave him new uh, new angles and just new family members and all these things going on. Jonathan Hickman has the ability to do that. And we've got a lot of great writers on this list, but Jonathan Hickman just takes things and builds with them like the only other person I, th- I feel on this list that could possibly do that is a Scott Snyder. Everyone on here is great, but Jonathan Hickman is just capable of so much. So that's my case for Jonathan Hickman. Hickman. I think I'll Hookman. vote for him. <laughs> you think you'll vote for him? Yeah. I'm going to vote for him. I mean, you know, I, w- I could say something for Scott Snyder or Jeff Lemire, but yeah. you, can, you could listen to the 70 podcasts. They're, they're all know. great. Yeah. yeah. Every, every one of these, and Kelly Sue, you know, even Mark Wade, Mark, Mark Wade. Wade's been indestructible. Hulk has yeah. been one of the standout Marvel now titles for me. I mean, for me, like, I mean, uh, um, Mark Wade, if I was going to do for me, if I was going to do a list, a different list of most important writers writing right now, comic books, he might be at the top of it because of the, the things that he's doing of the, the, his digital initiative of his, you know his work in indie books and in mainline yeah, books. Plus all genres. Yeah. Um, you know, starting his own. You know. Uh, you know, basically publishing arm. The you know the thrill bent stuff. Uh, but I mean, for me, uh, Jeff Lemire is obviously my my, my favorite writer. Um, mm-hmm. And probably have my favorite book of the year. So you know it, that it's easy for me to argue for him. But for me, Scott Snyder. The reason I think Scott Snyder is the winner in this is for me because not only do I feel like there hasn't been a down issue of Batman or of American vampire that I've read all year. I don't know if there's a down panel of any of those books for me that I've read all year. You know what I mean? And that kind of consistency and consistent excellence, you know, it's staggering to me that you can keep that up for that long. you know, at some point that's going to change. But for me, I think like Snyder, in a lot of ways to me dominated the the year because of the work that he was doing um, and managed for all these big things that happened every week and books that I was incredibly excited for even, you know, books like Hawkeye, which have been a, a mind blowing to me and there's nothing bad about them. The book that I, I end up always being like the most excited for is when it says Batman number blank, 
you know mm-hmm. and for me that you know and so probably transfer it over when we talk about you know the the, the ongoing and overall mm-hmm. books but you know that's the, the most to do with scott snyder so that's what it's supposed to be about yeah um all right so best ongoing series our nominees were batman saga ff daredevil and aquaman nice I don't know if anybody wants to put any uh, last-minute arguments. Well, do you want me to wait one category and finish uh, it all on the or, table? Or you, or I can you can go choose, now. Bob. You know, I chose to do Snyder that time instead of doing Batman. But okay, uh, it's ongoing, but the argument will continue into best overall. It's about uh, future foundation. Mm-hmm. So, pardon me if this sounds written because I did have to write it <laughs> out. Um, Within the one title, Jonathan Hickman's Future Foundation encapsulates all the qualities of all the genres contained in our other nominees. Superheroes, adventure, mystery, science fiction, all told with great pathos while never losing sight of familial love and without resorting to untoward violence or ill-guided attempts at appearing adult. But it is adult by the nature of the storytelling itself, layered and deeply emotionally, never without a sense of fun. This exchange from the final issue, number 23, this is Sue to grown-up Franklin, who's about to leave for the future, for the, presumably the, the last time. This is Sue. You have these doubts, constant and unrelenting, and some large and some so very small. Am I being too strict? Am I too lenient? Do I praise too often or not often enough? Being a parent, having children, it's a constant war between uncertainty and hope. So you live in fear, and there are these doubts. I want to know, was I... Were we? Read. Did we do a good job, son? A perfect one. I love you guys. I mean, for fullest appreciation, perhaps a greater sense of the history of comics is is necessary to put this and the Fantastic Four in proper perspective. But Jonathan Hickman's farewell to the Richards and their extended family is the finest work in comics this year to me. And we look back on as one of the singular achievements in comics history. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, spoiler, my, uh, Fanta- uh, Future Foundation was my number one of uh, top comics of the year. So I agree, Bob. Huzzah. All right. Um, I mean, I made my case for Batman basically when I talked about Scott Snyder, but yes. that's, that is that. Uh, Stephanie, anything you want to say? Um, no, I mean, I think we covered most of it over the last little while. So I, I, I've said my piece over which ones I think are most deserving of this All already, right. I think. All right. So uh, best overall comic. Uh, Batman, Underwater Welder, Sarah and the Seed, FF, and Saga. I think we've made a case for all of those tonight. We just, yeah, we basically, yeah. you know, we have, uh, I will say a thing about Underwater Welder, just real quick. Um, I, I think uh, there's there hasn't been a book this year that, that I, it was new this year that made me feel the emotions that Underwater Welder mm. made me feel. Um, there's... It's a book about, you know, a lot of different kind of truths and, you know, letting go of the past and coming to grips with you, with who your parents are and, you know, growing up and all of those things are present there. And uh, it does so much in, in, a, in a, such a f- interesting science fiction, Twilight Zone uh, setting. And that mix of genres to me is it's what speaks to me the most. So, you know, I, that it, that's why I just, you know, it, to me, it's the singular achievement, but all right. So those are our impassioned, uh, um, pleas for any of the people we think, uh, should win. Uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to tabulate, uh, 
our winners, and then we're going to come back and we're going to give out our awards. We are back. Um, we have tabulated our votes. Uh, the firm of what's the name? The Funk and Wagle. No. no, no. What's the Price Waterhouse? Price Waterhouse says tabulated our votes. They're in sealed envelopes or in a paper right in front of me. And uh, we are going to do our awards. Uh, so we're going to go through each category. And for each category, I will first uh, will announce the winner uh, of the site. Uh, as voted on by the fans, and then we will do uh, our winners right after that. So, uh, first up, we'll do uh, Best Publisher. Uh, obviously, we had Image, Marvel, Dark Horse, DC, and IDW. Um, and on this one, uh, dun, 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 dun. Image takes our listener vote. <laughs> and in a, a little bit of symmetry, it also takes our site wide vote. So, Publisher <sighs> of the Year. Unanimously on Talking Comics is Image Comics. Fucking right. <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Image, for having a variety. Yeah. I was the for only person that voted job, them not guys. first, I have to say. I voted them second. But Ooh. that's a pretty pretty good then cross-section of yeah. what we think yeah. of Image then. Um, so next we'll go to Breakthrough Writer. I'm actually going to flip this. I'll do ours first, and then we'll do the, we'll do the fan vote at once. Oh, shit's getting a twist. And it's getting a twist. All right, so our Breakthrough <laughs> <laughs> breakthrough Writer, Kelly Sudakonic, Curtis Weeb, Jeff Parker, Matt Fraction, and J.H. Williams III. Our Breakthrough Writer is Kelly Sue DeConnick. We'll send her an award fairly soon. But on, on the site, Matt Fraction takes Breakthrough oh, Writer. Yeah. Uh, from our fans. I'll email her tonight and say they're going to have to fight over it. Yeah. By the way, on our side, it was really close. Wasn't it like one vote difference on ours yeah. as well? Yeah, so that was a yeah. very, 17, very close 17, 15, one. Kelly Sue oh. over Matt. And we had a couple uh, write-ins on that one too, didn't we, Stephanie? Uh, yeah, we got uh, nominations for, uh, for Breakthrough Writer for Francis Manipal, but I, he's not a writer. He just did art, right? No, he, he co-writes The Flash with Brian Bichlato. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I just learned stuff, guys. <laughs> anyway, so Francis Manipal, uh, Tom Morello, uh, Jeff Lemire, Kazra Gambari, and yeah. Matt Kins. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so those were your nominations. Very nice. Um, breakthrough Artist, uh, Fiona Staples, Amanda Connor, Michael Allred, Riley Rosmo, and Chris Samney. It's Fiona Staples. It was a runaway. Right, a runaway. Um, and that was also uh, exactly what happened on our site as well. Uh, she won with over 60% of the vote in, in the fan voting. Because yeah, she's she awesome. Did. She is pretty awesome. Yeah. She is. It was, again, another three first place votes for her on this one. Right. Mm. We had, uh, we had four votes for David Aja from the fans, and then uh, Colin Lorimer. I don't know who that is. No, neither do I. <laughs> Help us out. Or maybe here, should Steph. have researched that before, but <laughs> maybe. You know, just saying. I was, I was looking for apartments, guys. I don't get want to your shit that, together. Okay. Cook. Right. That guy that writes that book that comes out once a month. <laughs> 
You know the one. Uh, it's my favorite when I see it. Oh, I know. I mean, it's at the top of my pile every every time. Uh, going on to best cover, uh, we have Batwoman number five, Masks number one, Massive number one variant, Punisher number 16, and Ferris number eight. Um, best cover, Batwoman number five. <sighs> was our pick. Was our pick. And it was also the pick uh, by the fans on the site. <sighs> Uh, Very nice. Yeah, so Batwoman number five. Uh, uh, sorry, Stephanie, go ahead. I was just going to say the additional oh, nominees yes. that were from you guys. Again, we had Suicide Squad number 15, Hawkeye number two, okay. which I still think looks like an ad for Tarjay. Uh, Harvest number one, Hulk number 53, Daredevil number 18, mm-hmm. Colder. We had three votes for Colder number one. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. I Vampire number nine. Okay. Batman number 12 and, oh wait, no, Incredible Hulk 7.1 and Batman number 13. All right. Very mm. nice. Mm. People are very passionate about their covers. Um, so best web or digital. Uh, we have got Sarah and the Seed, JL8, Legends of the Dark Knight, Abominable Charles Christopher, and Hark, a vagrant. Hark. Uh, and the winner, our pick, Sarah and the Seed. Yay. <sighs> um. And the uh, voted by the fans, the, our, the winner was Legends of the Dark Knight. Ooh. Wow! Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, so there you go. Me neither. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> mm. Yes. Mm. No, Sarah had mm. three second places and one first. Yeah. Uh, best miniseries or limited series? We have before. Did you, Watch- you want to hear the nominees? Oh, from sorry, the Stephanie. Fans? Yes, I'm sorry. No. Shush, boss. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a little mean. Um, so (laughs) the nominated comics for best web or digital series we got um the holy numbers little gotham Mm. uh questionable content uh sin titulu titulo i don't know what that is (laughs) i don't know gilbert Gilbert sullivan isn't it titwillow titwillow from the mikado maybe sorry (laughs) titmouse yeah that one guy. I can't get I can't get the antlers glued to this little guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Christmas. All right. So then we get I said Gronk, um, archaeologist of shadows. Um <laughs> wonder who put that in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Menage et trois. Ooh. Uh X K C D. and oh super cute and axe cop. Oh, okay. Axe cop, yay. Um <laughs> so those were your nominees. Awesome. All right. So best uh, mini series or limited series. We have uh, Before Watchmen, Silk, Spectre, Punk Rock, Jesus, The Cape, Ghost, and Alabaster Wolves. And our pick for best mini or limited series was The Cape. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, and our fans voted for Punk Rock, Jesus. Kind of ran away with it. So there you go. Very and that, nice. that was our fifth pick. The cape. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it does. Yep. That's the motto yep. of that book. Yep. Um, <laughs> additionally, we had nominees for Severed, Rocketeer, Cargo of Doom, Huntress, nice. Smoke and Mirrors, a.k.a. Willy Wonka meets, you know, Steve Jobs. Right. Magical uh-huh. Steve Jobs. Magical Steve Jobs. Stephanie, come on. Get your own quote <laughs> right. Magical okay? Steve Jobs. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, we had two votes for Spider-Man. Um, Harvest, two votes for Before Watchmen, Minutemen, hmm. um, Idolized, and The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. Oh, oh, oh God, yeah. that was. I good. know. I completely overlooked that when we yeah. were doing the nominations, and I feel like Justin Jordan totally should have been on Breakthrough Writer, but mm. 
totally forgot about it until afterwards. So well, you have another chance to vote for him for a miniseries because they have the second ones out now, right? Yes. The... True. And he's doing uh, Shadow <laughs> Shadow Man. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> From the old Acclaim games? Uh, I have no idea. The voodoo guy? Yeah, he's voodoo. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, I mean, dude, I made Shadow Man too. The <laughs> shitty uh, video game. Well, then you should. We had this discussion before. Did we? I yeah, I know. It still blows my mind that I survived. <laughs> you guys are lucky to have me. Um, and uh, that's the word I'd use. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he's also doing Team Seven, and I believe he's writing Deathstroke now as well. Nice. Justin yeah, Jordan. He is. <laughs> Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I don't know why I had to say it like that. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yes. All right, so best single issue of Underwater Welder, a single issue or graphic novel, Underwater Welder, Batman number five, Revival number one, Tale of Sand, or Fantastic Four number 606. And we have our first tiebreaker tie situation here. And, so, a, and a very close vote. Yeah, so... Channeling my inner killer instinct. <laughs> to give both... Uh, these books credit um, the underwater welder and revival number one tied for our our best single issue 14 one shot graphic novel fantastic Um, four got 13 and batman number five had 12 yeah so this was a a very close category um very well represented all the way around so we decided that if we had a tie like this um we would go to our fan voting and whichever one of those books got more votes from our fans that would be the official winner for us so, between Underwater Welder and Revival, by a separation of two votes by the fans, Ooh. Underwater Welder takes it. Yeah! So, Underwater Welder is our uh, uh, single-issue graphic novel of the year, um, but even though it, Underwater Welder won from the fans for this tiebreaker, it did not win the overall award. Batman number five won the overall award. Oh, really? Uh, for best single issue graphic novel or one shot. Crazy. And I'm confused. So is this, this is for the fans, correct? Well, the, the, the fans the, voted Batman. The fans voted Batman. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we, yeah, yes. But we tied as a site, um, as a staff. Oh, yeah. So between those two, whichever. Yes. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. There you go. You're with cool. us now? Cool, cool. We're, we're in it now. All right. So best new Series. Oh, wait. Do we want to hear the nominees? Oh yes, sorry, Stephanie. I just keep forgetting about <laughs> it because I, I don't care. <laughs> Get with the program. About you, I care about the fans. I don't care about. I'm going to be very mean now too. <laughs> you guys are getting like. It's talking well, comics well, in the new year. Well, no. We're yeah, just angry hey, wait a minute. Episode. This week, I almost got married on the site, so I have a right to be mean. What? Oh, I'm sorry, Bob. <laughs> what? The? What? what? <laughs> Tell him, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> are you setting Bob up? <laughs> go ahead. I can't even tell him without laughing. I, I uh, go on the site one day, and here's Dear Shenana Girl. Oh, okay, and, I'll tell no, Oh, you want to tell? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so I have, like, this inside joke about, like, uh, I don't know. I had this question for Dear Shenana Girl that I answered, but I'd had this nickname uh, for someone that I know in, like, Toronto, um, that I was well. Tell, Mary tell them what the question. Tell them what the question is first, because we have to put into play how awful the question is. I said I'm sorry, Bob. I'm having fun with this. Please, I'm, I'm really. I'm <laughs> so joking. Someone had asked me. Uh, I keep proposing to girls on the first date, and they keep on, you know, like running away. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Okay, like, so what did you title the column? So I wasn't even thinking about it, right? Because um, this particular like 
question made me think of this person I know in Toronto. And so um, his nickname, this is not his name, so I can, you know, tell the nickname, but his nickname is Marry Me Bob, just as a joke. <laughs> and I didn't even think about right. it when so, like, I was titling so, it. Right. And I wrote, like, Dear Shenanigan Girl, and then, like, the subtitle for it was Marry Me Bob. And so then, me, in, in a moment of just weakness, I, I click on the site, and here is her question for the day is, marry me, Bob. I got all nicely dressed and showered and shaved and went to the site, and is there's icky nonsense about someone asking them to marry him every day. Changed it. I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's too late. The whole world now thinks I'm a lech. Oh, no. Uh, that is so not true. But then you, it would if it was you, then I would have had to name it like something else, like Marry Me Stan, if it was about you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> real names. It's like. Yeah. Well, now I'm never know. writing a letter to Dear Shenanigan. You're the girl. stuff gentlemen are made of, Bob. Mm, thank you, you are, very much. You are so dapper. I'm all, all dressed tonight, too. It's an award show. He is. Mm-hmm. And it's different tonight. Yeah. Well, the undershirt's it's, different. It's my, it's my Grammy award, so it's sort of rock <laughs> and roll like chic. Suave, cracked, black. I like it. Mm. Thank you. All right. Anyway, where, All right. Were we? where we're doing an awards show, yeah, right? Best be- single issue. Be- well, no, what we, uh, she needs That's what we just re- did. Oh, yeah. She needs to read the uh, write-ins, right, from best single issue? Yeah. Okay. So um, for this particular um, category, your nominees were New Avengers number 29, Hawkeye mm-hmm. number 3. We had two votes for Saga number 1, um, a vote for Mind the Gap number 1, Batman 12, Hardcore number 1, FF number 23, uh Batman number 13, and Amazing Spider-Man number 700. Ooh, mm, nice. Last minute vote on yeah, that Nice, one. A nice uh, s- smattering of votes right there. All right, so uh, on to best new series. Um, the nominees for best new series are Saga, Captain Marvel, Hawkeye, Fatal, and Revival. And our uh, pick, our staff, our talking comics best new series dun, 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 dun. is Saga. Oh, yeah. And no surprise here either. Um, fans voted as well. Saga is also the fan vote for oh, shit. Sauce. best new series. <laughs> um, and uh, second place on that for the fans was Hawkeye, by the way. So good. Same True. as ours. That's yeah. very good of them. Uh, Stephanie, what were some write-ins for that? Yeah, there's only a few of them, but we got uh, some nominees for Gambit, Profit. <laughs> okay, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> Profit. Gambit. Gambit. For Gambit, yeah. He's like obsessed with Gambit. Um, Prophet, which I've been meaning to read. I read one issue of and then got sidetracked with something else. Look, Squirrel! Anyways, Stormdog. And then um, someone also nominated Rachel Rising, which I appreciate, but it is not a new series. Yeah, right. It didn't start this year. Did you say Sperm Dogs? Storm Dogs. Storm Dogs. sounded like Sperm Dogs. I thought I heard Sperm Dogs Your head's in the gutter. Your mind's in the gutter. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Tune in for the next exciting installment of <laughs> Sperm Dogs. Rated R. In a world where... Let's stop this discussion. Go ahead. All right. Proceed. Here we go. Best story arc. We have Captain Marvel in Pursuit of Flight, Batman Court of Owls, Saga, Chapter 1, X-Factor, Breaking Points, and Defenders, Everything Dies. No downers here. No. Um, and we have our second tie in best story arc uh, between Captain Marvel in Pursuit of Flight and Saga, Chapter 1. And so we have to go to the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. And the tiebreaker will go to, by a landslide, 
Saga Chapter One. Um, so our staff talking comics best story arc is Saga Chapter One, but the winner of the fan voting is Batman Court of Owls. Whoa! <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised. Whoa, my God! Guys. Whoa, hey, dude. <laughs> Uh, Stephanie, what what did our uh, our listeners and readers uh, write in for that one? <laughs> Why, yes, Bobby, they nominated X Force, Dark Angel, The Punisher, with no particular arc. I'm going to assume the one from 2012, mm-hmm. and Uncanny X Force Final Execution. Ooh. Again, no downers here. No downers mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. All right, so nobody dies. Nobody dies. Everything's fantastic. That's what we should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and gets resurrected. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, best artist. We have J.H. Williams III, Fiona Staples, Greg Capullo, David Aja, and Mike Norton. And our winner uh, is J.H. Williams III. Surprise! Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually was. I totally picked Fiona Staples. You did pick Fiona Staples, and it was a very, it was a very close one. That was, it was one of our, uh, mm-hmm. one of our very close ones. I don't remember what I picked. J. Uh, <laughs> Williams. I know who won. Sweet. <laughs> I was right. Though. Yeah, and in I think our closest vote uh, as far as fan goes, uh, Greg Capullo wins our our readership's uh, Talking wow. Comics Best Artist of the Year by only two votes over, over Fiona really? Staples. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was definitely our, our closest vote of, of any of them. Fiona! <laughs> Fiona! Hey, she won the landslide Why? breakthrough on both sides of the ledger. So next year she can win best art. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely true. Um, on to best writer. God damn it, Bobby. Oh. Nominees. Sorry. I, I The last couple I remembered. You got to give me you gotta give me credit for that. Okay, but you know. I, I want to give you a little bit of a hard time. It's no credit I don't you. want you to think that like I like you and stuff. I know. I, I'm sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your nominees were Terry Moore, Jim Lee, Alex Ross, Menton Three, and James Stoko. Hmm. Oh, every time Lisa puts in a vote, I'm like, ding. <laughs> Menton. She oh, loved yeah. like. He's Zach amazing. And Steve Niles in her top ten. Yep. Yeah. He's amazing. And I got Actually, her to read Steve Lock Niles 13. Steve posted on his Facebook her link, and somebody commented was like, somebody owes that girl like some signed treats. <laughs> oh, she's got plenty. She's she's in like Flint with them. They're good people. Yeah. Yeah. And they're about to ship out all my Kickstarter stuff, oh, nice. and my, including my canvas painting original that I cannot wait to awesome. hang in my dining room. Oh, that yeah. should be appetizing over the table. Yeah, oh, it's at so appetizing. <laughs> Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some sort of like Hearts of babies. Yeah. <laughs> some pale, sharp-toothed, bald <laughs> creature eating a baby's heart. I'll <laughs> enjoy it while I drink my wine comprised of baby tears. Exactly. <laughs> Weirdo. All right. So what? It's um, vintage. Yeah. <laughs> The tears, or your your brand new painting. Um, uh, Best writer painted on the skin of the innocent. (laughs) (laughs) This is painted on on fresh baby skin. (laughs) Um, All all right, right. so uh, best writer: uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Scott Snyder, Mark Wade, Jeff Lemire, and Jonathan Hickman. And our Talking Comics Best Writer of the Year is Scott Snyder. 
And that also is the same exact winner we have for the fans as well. So our listenership award also goes to Scott Snyder. Um, and that was a pretty runaway uh, vote uh, on, the, on, the, on the website. Mm-hmm. All right. So now. Nominees. I was going to say, so now, Stephanie, please read our nominees. You are not. <laughs> yes, I was. You cannot prove that he's I wasn't. Got them, he's got them pulled up right there on the screen. <laughs> you can't All prove right. I wasn't so, going to say that. <laughs> you know, in other news. Nominees. All right. Robert Kirkman. We've got two votes for Rick Remender. Okay. Uh, Matt Fraction. Brian K. Vaughn. Jeff Johns. And James Roberts. Who's that? Mm-hmm. James Roberts? I I feel like somebody might have put what he wrote, and then I might have lost that. I feel like somewhere. it's the other guy that we didn't know anything yeah. about. <laughs> Maybe he has a book the same book together. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're friends. Yeah. He is like you know. He's that the guy. Best. Oh, he wrote Transformers. Oh, okay. Dun, 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 dun. We do have a pretty vocal contingent on our site that loves those Transformers books. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, best ongoing series. Our nominees are Batman, FF, Saga, Aquaman, and Daredevil. And the Chalkin' Comics Award for Best Ongoing Series goes to... Saga! Shocker. (laughs) Close vote, though. Very close vote. 15, 13, 12, 11, 9. Yeah. And, uh, but, I say but, not and. Best Ongoing Series Listener Award goes to Batman. Oh, shocker. Uh, Saga came in second there, though. Uh, all right, and so we're on to our last. No, we're award. not. <coughs> no, we're not. I'm not even caring. I don't care about Stephanie. So <laughs> you don't care about our listeners. Yeah, I was just about to say. I don't care, care about, about our listeners. listeners. I care about I am our listeners. Speaking on their behalf, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, since Bobby doesn't care, but I do, guys. Well, I never. <laughs> Read it. Yes, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> nominees are they've been drinking just so we're clear i'm sober i'm the sober one for people who follow me on twitter and see you how much could I drink, never know let's take this moment to know that i am the sober one i am definitely okay. not drunk even in a little bit i don't no. think any of us even are. in no. a little bit even no. we split one whole three people split a bottle of wine That's stephanie a glass and yeah, a third well, of baby tear lushes yeah yeah no we've all had a, like a glass <laughs> and a third of wine whatever right. i'm over it all right Best ongoing right. series. You've got right cat in. scratch fever, though. So Quiet. So we've got World's Finest, Hawkeye, Ooh. and Green Lantern. They were your nominees for Best Ongoing Series. Interesting. Some good write-ins right there. Some good write-ins. All right. Best overall comic of the year. Our nominees were Batman. <laughs> <laughs> The Underwater Welder, Saga, FF, and Sarah, and the Seed. And in and this case, our closest overall vote is spread between the five. Yeah. Is the closest. Very, very close. Um, our winner, the Talking Comics Best Overall Comic of the Year, is The Underwater Welder. What? No. No. Just, just I'm just pu- kidding. I knew that. No. Just, <laughs> just to put the numbers in perspective, that had 14 votes. Saga and FF, 12 apiece. Batman and Sarah, 11 apiece. Yeah. Very, very close. Indeed. Bullshit. <laughs> you voted for Underwater Welder, I think, second, Stephanie. <laughs> I did. I'm totally cool with this. I just felt like being controversial. Um, and our listenership award for best overall comic goes to Batman. Oh, Batman. fucking didn't see that coming. And uh, 
because it's been really excellent <laughs> all year. And uh, Saga came in second, and everything else was kind of far away, but those two were relatively close together. Have you seen the college humor, the new Batman short, Batman Can't Stop Talking About Sex? No. You've got to see it. Okay. Everybody, YouTube that. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Cool. Um, so, Stephanie, what other, do you have any write-ins for Best Overall? We did, Bobby. We did. Hmm. <laughs> so, other nominated comics were Mind Management, MGMT. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Mind the Gap. We had two votes for Daredevil, okay. um, a vote for Batgirl, and a vote for Planetoid. Planetoid. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Which was really good, but I feel like it Where'd didn't it go? have a lot of issues. I think it got kind of like put on the back burner a bit. I think there's only four issues out yeah. of it. I, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, so but still, who cares? It was their vote, and it was yeah. a good vote. It was a good comment. It's a good yeah. book. Absolutely. I just I wish that there was a little more consistency with it. That's all? Is that too much to ask? Well, it's not like they voted AVX or something. It's true. Ooh. Yeah, I would end I would end you people. I would cut you. <laughs> How would you end them? No, because it was terrible, and then I would just have to like judge you. No, not like, why would you end them? How would you end them? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. I'll find your IP address to go to your house. <laughs> it's like Jay and Bob's trick back. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous, You are Bobby. the ones who are the ball lickers. <laughs> you are ruining my threats. Those are empty, hollow threats that you can't back up. Well, they didn't know that until you decided to, you know, get bouncy. You have to remember, Stephanie's a hockey goon. She could really end you. She's That's the true. And I got a goon jersey for Christmas. Got Ty Domi. The, yeah, big time goon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Got his jersey for Christmas, and I wore it around on Christmas Day, and then I had to take it off for dinner because the only thing that was going to get on my shirt was the blood of my enemies. <laughs> Man, <laughs> happy Christmas! Like that. <laughs> yeah, what do you say after that? Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I not no, we move along. We move You're along. welcome. <laughs> Stephanie's got blood up from her victim's honor. I'm drinking baby tear wine. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting dark in the new year. My jerseys when I played like a couple years ago, like we had to, we inherited um, like the guys' jerseys because no one ever, like the girls are like, eh, girls play hockey. But we got like the guys' jerseys and they were covered in blood <laughs> like everywhere. It was so gross. Um, yeah, it does not sound nice at all. It wasn't. They um, went in the wash like 12 I, times before they were worn. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, so uh, big winners for us. Uh, I mean, if you count Fiona Staples, uh, Saga has four of our awards, uh, and Underwater Welder got two of our awards. Nice. So out of twelve awards, that's pretty good. Four out of the twelve, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty well, good cut. Captain Marvel and Kelly Sue cleaned up a bit too, didn't they? Uh, Kelly Sue won. Um, oh yeah, no. Okay, 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 gotcha. Captain I thought Marvel she... lost the tie. Yeah, the, the Captain Marvel lost the tie for best story arc. Gotcha. Yeah. I could have swore that they picked up something, but no, it's Kelly Sue. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, you know, it's, I think we had a lot of diverse nominees and we ended up with a lot of diverse winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bob, I know that you had some, uh, technical categories that you wanted to read out really sure. quick. There, there were my picks. So yeah. if anyone wants to jump in on this, uh, in the humor categories, please, again, let's jump in, uh, love and capes, what to expect. Yep. Empowered. Yep. It girl in the atomics. Yep. A babies versus X babies. Yep. Deadpool. Deadpool. Yep. Yes. Very My good. Little Pony. Friendship is magic. <laughs> awesome. And J L eight. Nice. Those are all very. Those good. are good. Those are okay. all very good humor books. Yeah. Uh, on the kids side, some of this is the same, but the Wonder Woman Adventures, the animated special. 
Hmm. A Babies, My Little Pony, and the Wonder Woman storybook that I bought this year, which I gave away already, which is really keen and neat. Uh, Anthology, Womanthology Space. Nice. Rocketeer Adventures. Mm -hmm. Dark Horse Presents. And DC Presents, which was anthology issue to issue. It was. So we'll call it that. Yeah. Uh, Archival Project, Miss Fury, Sensational Sundays from IDW. Dave Stevens Covers and Stories, also IDW. Wonder Woman Archives, Volume 7 from DC. Matt Baker, The Art of Glamour from Tomorrow's Press. And Flash Gordon Sundays from Titan Press. Ooh. That is our technical end of things. (laughs) All right. Nice. Um, So, I mean, that's... I mean, if there's any... We've talked a lot about 2012 books, obviously, all year. Um, this is our last chance to try to get out anything with, with that we feel like maybe was overlooked or we want to talk about, because we're going to be looking forward from now on into 2013. I would like to say something. Do it. This has been awesome. <laughs> Everything. Talking comics, uh, where we started to where we are now, that this is our first official uh, award show. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have had an entire year to kind of, you know, establish who we are online and establish the show, kind of rearrange things a little bit, uh, move cast members around and just to have to have found the the chemistry and the fit that we have with with each other and with our content and everything and all of our contributors uh, that work so hard every week for nothing, mm-hmm. uh, just for the sake of writing, just for the, their love of comics that uh, I just think it's wonderful, the community that we've built through this. And we got a lot of big things coming in 2013. We're going to keep doing this uh, for as long as you guys are listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'd speak for all four of us and all of our contributors, too. And we just want to say thank you for everything, all your your votes, all your your comments, your support, your retweets, your stuff on Facebook. Um, I got emails in the last couple of weeks of people asking me for writing advice mm-hmm. And uh, it's just been awesome. It's it's really really been awesome, and it's been for me personally. Um, it was the the highlight of 2012. Talking comics is definitely of everything I had going on. This was the most exciting and the most fun, and it was really great to become closer and better friends with everybody through this. And I'm just emotion. I know, right? <laughs> I'm All such a, according to, according to, to Lissa, I'm a hopeless romantic. So I'm <laughs> romanticizing our situation right now. No, but seriously, it's <laughs> been, it's been awesome. You guys are awesome. And uh, that's, that's, that's all I got. It's a lot though. It's a lot. Yeah. All I've got yeah. stuck in my head is I have the tiger. I'm not going to start. Uh, I will, I will say um, as we kind of look forward to 2013 and um, you know, a, a couple days ago, I had kind of a big birthday. Uh, I turned 30, and uh, I've been thinking a lot about this and a lot about, you know, getting older and how do you spend your time and how you choose to kind of take those next steps, you know, in, in your life. And, you know, there there's always been a saying that when I was a kid, I never understood it. You know, there there's that saying, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too, you know. And I, I always, you know... As a kid, it was hard for me to conceptualize what that meant. You know, it was, they're like, well, my, my friends say, well, it means you can't eat your cake and still expect to have it. But I, uh, but I, I always think, well, what's the point in having it if you're not going to eat it? You know, there's no, there's nothing good usually about having a piece of cake, you know, but it was to stare at cake. Yeah. As you, <laughs> there, there's no worth in cake. that. But, <laughs> but cake. as I, you know, as, uh, you know, I was going along, I, I kind of think of it more in terms of time, you know, um, like, you know, 
your your time's going to pass no matter what you do and you can't expect to want to do things and want to achieve things and then also be sad that you know the the days and months and weeks and years are are, are passing you by and so it's become increasingly important to me to spend my time in ways that you know fulfill me and ways that I think are worth it and I don't think, as far as any of the things I've ever created, um, and nothing has been as worth it as what what I'm doing now and doing this. And, you know, as we've gotten bigger, and in the last couple months, things have ramped up a little bit, you know, we, uh, and with that comes negativity. You know, there's been people who have, for the first time in the last couple months, people who have gone out of their way to be negative towards us. And I got wrapped up for about a, two or three days. I got really wrapped up in it. You know, I, I I didn't care so much if they didn't like the way that if they didn't like the way we were writing or you know what we chose to put on the site. But there were some personal attacks in some of these things, and you know, I, I got a little down about it, and I, and I got a little angry about it. Um, and then I just realized that the, we, I we maybe I got four emails or four reviews or four tweets that were negative and mean. But that doesn't even, they are microscopic compared to the amount of goodwill and intelligent conversation that we've gotten over the last year. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that, I, you know, I kind of resolved myself in the new year to be focused on the people who are positive and focus on positive things. And I, I, I want to make sure people don't think that means that I don't want people to tell us when we're not doing the best job we possibly mm-hmm. can. Because I welcome constructive criticism wholeheartedly but you know to people anybody out there who wants to be personally sniping to anybody on this show you know you're not going to get anywhere doing that and i like people have written me emails being like you should get you should be off the show to me <laughs> and i'm like well you're broken up the wrong tree there but yeah. <laughs> um you know everybody gets their shit you know yeah. and we're a family and that has been, and this will continue to be, because that's set us apart from a lot of the other, a lot of other places. And that's going to keep going on. And I want the people out there to know that they're part of our family as well when it comes to this stuff. And I can't wait for another year of what we've got uh, coming. Hell yeah! More feelings. More feelings. All the feels. Let's talk more about <laughs> Bobby, us I got for a your minute. Back. If like, there's people sending you hate mail. I, they are my enemies, and I will put on my hockey jersey. <laughs> the blood of your enemies. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. Give us feedback. Yeah. Just be nice about it. Give constructive criticism. Right. Yeah. I don't care if it's negative, as long as, long as you bring it. And I can't, you can't control it. And people are still going to leave negative feedback, and that's fine. But I, know, I hate you in caps. It's yeah. not constructive. I, I just want you to know that I'm making a personal resolution that, that I'm not going to engage those people any, anymore. So if you want to have a conversation with us, you need to you need to get it by getting positive attention, not by getting negative attention. So yeah, exactly, it doesn't help us if you're just saying you hate us. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah. Like seriously, there's few things that are really truly stupid. But just saying you hate things, that's stupid. Yeah. Give constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Give why you hate yeah. us. Give us something that we can work with to potentially fix if you don't like. Yeah. Say it to my face. I'm not leaving. I don't care what they. Yeah, say. and that's not. <laughs> and the thing is, like, that's what we strive to do. And the part of this is wrapping back into the show is what we strive to do on this show. When I always feel like one of the best things about the show is that when one of us makes a criticism that has no legs, the other people prod them, you know, and they go, okay, but why do you feel that way? You know, and this this also wraps in the fact that what happened with Dan Slott and all of the death threats, 
over something as ridiculous as a book with pictures of people with tights on them fighting yeah. other people with tights in them. You know, like, there is just such a lack of accountability in, in the world now, and I, I want us to be a place where accountability and personality matters. You know, and so that's what I try for us to do, and that's what I try for our listeners and readers to do as well. So, I, I mean, 99% of the people out there who have been great, and I've made friends with people mm-hmm. just from doing this, and that's amazing. Yeah. You know? We've met a ton of these people at conventions this year, yeah. and yeah. It, it's, 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 awesome. it's, I, I could never have believed... You know, when I decide when I decided to do this, that it would turn into this, mm-hmm. and that's because of the people sitting in this room and and on, and on the phone mm-hmm. right now. And if we keep working hard and doing what we're doing, we hope you keep listening because we want it to be bigger and bigger because we want to bring you greater things. Uh, we have some potential guests maybe coming up this year that Fuck yeah, that we are do. pretty huge, and uh, <laughs> you know. No spoilers. <laughs> I don't want to give away anything. I mean, we are going to have Brian Wood on the show. Absolutely. Nice. Um, we're going to have Curtis Weeb come back. Um, Sweet. Jeff Lemire is going to come back. But we have a couple other uh, pretty big guests that we're working Yee. on getting in. So um, stay tuned for that stuff. Um, I'm going to need an oxygen tank that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's enough about, you know, kind of our site stuff. Are there any books you're looking forward to in 2013? Stephanie, why don't you start? Oh, man. Um I mean, this just came out in at the very, very end of 2012, but I'm really looking forward to uh, Brian Wood and Ming Doyle's Mara. Hell yeah, that yeah. was the um, first issue was great. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what's going on in it, but I dug the first issue a lot. Um, and again, speaking of Brian Wood, the Star Wars book, um, yeah. I'm going to read the shit out of that. It comes out today. It is out today, yeah. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I had a list. I put it in, I included it in my top uh 10 comics for the year, uh, but I threw in a few other things which I can't currently think of off the top of my head, but it's going to be a really good year for comics and um, indie comics especially, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. I mean, obviously, uh, Trillium by Jeff Lemire. Um, oh! Which, Scott Snyder's new comic. Yeah, The Wake, which is yes. him and uh, Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. I got one. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. See Sandman. Oh yeah, I was about to say yeah. Yeah, the Sandman prequel. J. Really, Williams. really looking forward. Is to the that. Grant Morrison Wonder Woman this year or next year? He's been saying it's this year. Okay. I mean, who knows if it's going to be this year or not? But yeah, he has it's been supposed saying. to be hark- harking all the way back to the golden age. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been talking about that for a while, and he's finishing Incorporated and Action relatively soon. So um, he'll have obviously is Multiversity supposed to be uh, out. I think that's. 14 2014 now, yeah, now? Yeah. i mean didn't we talk Ooh. about that like uh when we started yeah, when yeah. we started <laughs> that's pretty funny and kelly sue's new comic oh yeah pretty pretty deadly yeah but that's Something. what it's called right yeah um and i mean there's a whole host of things i mean we there was a uh we got a new marvel now teaser just this week uh the brian X- wood XY. and uh brian wood and oliver copale and xx i think is the is the xy is xy yeah okay uh so we don't know what that is yet at the time of this recording, but I mean, Brian Wood is proving himself to be a, a, a writer that I always want to look out for. And I love Oliver Copiel's art. So I'm most looking forward to the, uh, uh, Alan Davis, Paul Cornell Wolverine book that'll be hitting, mm-hmm. uh, this year as well. And, uh, we just announced that Walt Simonson is taking over art duties on an indestructible Hulk. Wow. Ooh, yeah. I don't think he's ever done the Hulk. I don't know if it's a, we don't know if it's a full run or not, but they announced a couple of changes in art teams 
this uh, this week. They also ch- announced uh, that Steve Dillon is going to be off of Thunderbolts, but I'm not sure. We, again, this again, we're not sure if this is a permanent thing or just a you know an arc. But I'm definitely looking forward to those things as well. Um, Fearless Defenders coming. Fearless Defenders, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that book is interesting because I, I don't. The creative, I think it was a Cullen Bunn is yes. writing it. Mm-hmm. I don't really know his work very well, so I have no idea what to expect. But the idea of that, I think, is something that really fits into what Marvel has been doing and setting up for the last, you know, couple of uh, at least the last six months. I've heard descriptions of it as the Marvel Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. where rotating cast of female characters, yeah, starting with uh, Misty Knight and Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. We're certainly fish out of water with each other it doesn't make any sense at all which is why it'll work yeah. <laughs> and you know i'm excited to see what happens with spider-man as well you know i'm excited to see what superior spider-man is all about yeah and and how long it keeps up and 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 if it is in fact superior if it is, is yeah. in fact superior uh it's just they've already they've already shown uh, a teaser for a storyline where he's gonna get it's called fired and it's him like in the, the Avengers in the background and him kind of in front of them so yeah. him getting let go from the Avengers so it, it's going to be a, an interesting situation I, I mean I mentioned quickly you know uh, about Trillium but you know again we Underwater Welder was our, our our book of the year and Jeff Lemire this time I think it's a limited series it's not just a graphic novel uh, we just ended Sweet Tooth uh, it's the, today. The, the last issue comes out today so you know new stuff from him is always uh, incredibly exciting and I'm sure as we go along we're going to be hearing about a multitude of other things that are going to be come pouring in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm curious about Age of Ultron because uh, I, it seems like it's going to be even though it's a long big event that it's going to be kind of like a separate, not really in the current continuity type of event, uh, considering the identity of Spider-Man in the book. Not to spoil mm-hmm. anything for anybody who hasn't read it anything yet, but, uh, and I'm just looking forward to. I'm looking forward to... Actually, we had a question from someone asking you, Bob, about what if you're excited about the Mark Wade uh, Green Hornet ongoing that'll be Absolutely. coming out. Uh, based on what he did on in these sort of his off hours, however he has any, right. <laughs> to do Rocketeer, Cargo of Doom, Steed mm-hmm. Mrs. Peel, and hit home runs with both. Yeah. His Green Hornet will be great. Do yeah. we know who's doing the art on Green Hornet? Um, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to look that up. Uh, but that question was from Brian Frederick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have to start picking up some more of that stuff. I've also been told that the new Shadow over there is also very good. That's it over at Dynamite where yeah. they're doing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you're looking forward to, Bob, in 2013 you can think of? Uh, more events. I think there should be many, many more events. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I honestly, this year, uh, as, as mostly because of you four, you three lovely people, I'm not lovely at all, um, <laughs> that I found so many under-the-radar things and indie books and oddball pieces that I wouldn't have ever found. And what I'm most looking forward to is doing more of this because mm-hmm. I found a, a place at this table coming in kind of late. I uh, found new friends here and abroad, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's been really special. Don't call Stephanie mm-hmm. abroad. <laughs> what? Wow. I did wow. not. I know you didn't. Wow. <laughs> Bobby, That was funny and flat. I got you. Supposed back, to be Bobby. nice to each other. Cool. What are we going to be like at the end of 2013? If this is what we're like at the beginning of it, Bobby, it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> it's going to be your jersey of my enemies. Yeah. <laughs> you will be. Your blood will be all over my jersey. I am also. I gotta yeah. say, 
it's been really fun to catch up on the nominees that I hadn't been reading. Um, I love stuff like that because it gives me kind of a guideline uh, in, in such a vast area to focus down on and <clears throat> catch up with. And I have to say that the web comics that I've read have been really fantastic and I'm looking forward to continuing with those and, and finding new ones and and exploring that space. And I think that that's the thing that's been great about this too is that, like I, I kind of I agree with you, Bob, is that when you read as much as we've been reading, and you focus so much on the big stuff, sometimes you, you really need, you, you go to that indie stuff as an escape at first. For me, that's how it goes for me, the same way I'm with movies in a lot of ways. And, and then uh, that escape leads into a whole new area of great stuff that I wouldn't be reading. You know, and I was explaining the Underwater Welder uh, the other day on the Man Cave podcast to Jeff, and he... He stopped me and said, you know what? He's like, I-, I didn't even know comic books could achieve the things that you even say that it's going for. And to know that stuff and to really come to appreciate it as an art form and, and as a literary medium, it's been great. And I can't wait to go farther into that, you know, because one of my favorite things about talking about movies for so long was I, I watched so many of them and I was into them so much and I immersed myself so much that I felt like it was one of the one of the few topics that I could actually talk about with almost complete authority in, in a lot of ways, and I look forward to getting closer to that in comic books, you know, because I feel like we're taking leaps and bounds this year, and I can't wait to keep doing it. And uh, you read Rachel Rising, so that I did was read awesome. Rachel Rising. That's true, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was really great, and uh, um, your explanation, you know, kind of sealed it for me, Stephanie, during the nomination shows that I wanted to read it. And I'm much really like, glad you enjoyed it because I think I set a really high bar for it. You and did. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if that's going to ruin it for people, but I'm glad. You did. And much like when Bob was talking about Revival earlier in the show, it's similar to me because it, it's about, you know, something that comes back from the dead, but it's not the run-of-the-mill version of that story. And it's like part, um, you know ghost story part you know you know drama part uh you know mystery story it's got so much going for it um and i'm, I'm really glad Stephanie brought up because i i always wanted to read it but it was always kind of i'll get to it when i get to it i'll get to it when i get to it and you made me really dive in and read it and i look forward to keeping going with that over the next year or so um all right, anybody else anything want to bring up that they're excited for, they want to talk about before we close out this show with this week's releases? Yeah. No? Um, sort of. But oh, it's, yes. The, let's let's, talk, just, about yeah. let's um, talk about it now. Someone had sent me an email uh, about uh, while we're celebrating the, the great books and mm-hmm. everything else that happened this year to remember the people in this industry who passed yes. in, the, in the recent year. So quickly, this took quite a bit of doing because you have to look through every death. It seemed like everyone on planet Earth going through Wikipedia. But uh, Jean Giraud Mobius, who did Blueberry and did a wonderful Silver Surfer graphic novel with Stan Lee back in the day. Uh, Ernie Chan, who worked at Marvel and DC and did Conan, Batman, Detective. Tony DeZonigo, who created uh, Jonah Hex, Black Orchid, and also worked on Spider-Man and the X-Men. Sheldon Moldoff, who was one of Bob Kane's original ghosts on Batman, since Bob Kane basically drew, I don't know, about four panels of Batman in his entire career, uh, but also created Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze, and the original Batgirl and Batwoman. Oh, wow. Uh, John Severin, brother of Marie, who co-created Mad Magazine back in the day and worked on all those great EC War comics. 
just the other day, apparently, Keji Nazawa, who did Barefoot Gen, one of the uh, seminal mangas, and, of course, Joe Kubert, uh, Hawkman, those great GI combats, and certainly founded of the school, and his, his sons, Andy and Adam, and his daughter's now working as a colorist, too, who left now such a great legacy mm-hmm. for the comics we have here. So uh, our... Our full memories to all these people will read their books forever. They're always out there for us to see. So, and just... also in like on on that as well. Um, I mean, this isn't someone who's uh, passed away, but if in case you haven't heard the news, Peter David, who we are a big fan of here at Talking Comics, suffered a big stroke, mm-hmm. and um, I believe um, one of our contributors wrote up a ways that you can help him out. I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Head over to the site at some point um, and check out that article. I will post a link to it in um, the podcast uh, post tonight. But um, definitely go and support him because he writes really great comics. And right now he's in rough shape. And, I mean, you know, we want to help out those people Mm -hmm. who have helped us, Mm -hmm. um, you know, escape our lives for a little bit every day. And, uh, you know, if we can, we should. No, Peter has definitely supported other creators in need, uh, retailers in need through the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, stores that were being sued or being arrested for selling you know, grown-up books and all that sort of stuff for years and years and years. If you go over to PeterDavid.net, uh, his wife Kathleen is, is running a, his blog and giving you the updates every day. Peter's walking now. Uh, he's beginning to get some strength back in his right hand. And apparently, most importantly, he's still Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, none of that has, has been affected. It's now, it's going to be a process, and he's apparently going to rehab as of right now. Oh, as, as of today, he's moving to rehab. So uh, our best to Peter, certainly. So not to end things on a downer, but, you know, to not keep them going downerish. We need to help them out. Help them out. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's um, the love. Um, yeah. Also, uh, one little uh, point that I'll make, actually, a little bit of uh, medium happy news. But the I believe it's the next issue of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, that, oh, yeah. um, for, for every copy that you buy, or oh, I know that Matt Fraction is giving his entire proceeds, his portion to, uh, Sandy Relief to help, uh, you, as you know, New York, uh, here we got hit with a massive, massive hurricane. There are still very many people that have lost their homes and are affected by it that are cold, don't have heat still, or are still yeah. living out of hotels. Um, it's still pretty bad around here. And what they're doing is, um... Hawkeye number seven, if you buy it, there's going to be a little piece of that that goes towards Sandy Relief. So everyone, if you're not reading Hawkeye at this point, it's very much an an easy book to pick up. Uh, When it drops, please pick up an issue, pick up two and give it to somebody as a gift. And uh, just know that you'll you'll be helping out New York and New Jersey just a little bit uh, by doing that. And you'll get a great comic uh, in return. And our friend Rob from Tor is doing every every cent. Yeah, of the Hawkeye proceeds are going to the charity Red Cross, I believe. Yeah, I, I plan on buying a few yeah. when uh, when they mm-hmm. come in, actually. Absolutely. Um, and on the on the point of that, Peter, actually, uh, John Ostrander, mm-hmm. he wrote a great uh, like kind of like an editorial about the life of freelancers and and how they kind of live without a net and how it kind of give people an idea of you know when you're writing contractually for people the, the the what little protection you have as far as health insurance and everything else so um it's called john john astrander freelancers live without a net is the name of the article i i highly uh encourage anybody who is interested in comic books and you know understanding the medium better to check that out 
And I'm going to add onto that as well, just super quickly. Um, if, I mean, you don't want to wait until uh, one of your favorite writers or artists, you know, suffers something horrible. Um, you can always go to the Hero Initiative. They're a charity that yeah. uh, basically, um, they get lots of cool stuff, original art, they get um, signed books, and they do all these other really amazing events. And basically they raise money to give back to these um, sick writers and artists who can't otherwise afford their bills and such when they're, you know, in need. So um, if you are interested in helping out and you do have some spare cash or you're looking to get something like uh, from a signed or get something signed, a book signed, check out their site first. If you're not going to a convention to get it signed personally, check out their site first and support them because that's going right back into, you know, helping the people we love. Absolutely. Well said. All right. So let's move on to this week's uh, releases, what you can buy on the shelves right now. Um, from Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time, number 11, uh, Bravest Warriors, number four of six, uh, Garfield, number nine, Grace Randolph's Superbia, number three, and Higher Earth, number seven. Um from Dark Horse, we have BPRD Hell on Earth, number 103. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season 9, number 17. Uh, we have Eerie Comics, number 2. Ghost, number 3. Sweet. Uh, reset Hardcover, Star Wars, number 1. Yeah. Wait, uh, wait, no five extra words? No, this, this is the Brian Star Woods Wars. Star Wars. Well, congratulations. I Here we go. Here's super, the big one. Super, Here's the big super one. psyched for yeah. that. Strain, number 10. And To Hell You Ride, number two of five. Um, from yeah, DC Comics, we have Action Comics, number 16. We have Animal Man, number 16. <laughs> we have uh, Batwing, number 16. We have Detective Comics, number 16. Yay. Dial H, number eight. Earth 2, number eight. Bleh. Ferris, <laughs> number 11. Ooh. Green Arrow, number 16. Uh, Green Lantern, New Guardians, Annual, number one. Hurrah. Human Bomb, number two of four. Legends of the Dark Knight, number four. Yay. Phantom Stranger, number four. Uh, Smallville, season 11, number nine. Even more Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 29. Uh, Stormwatch, <laughs> number 16. Swamp Thing, number 16. Yay. Sweet Tooth, number 40. Yes! Um, uh, World's <laughs> Finest, number eight. Yay. Um, lovely. From Dynamite <laughs> Entertainment, we have Army of Darkness, number eight. We have Eternity Kill, Trade Paperback. We have George R.R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones, number 12. Uh, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files, Ghoul Goblin, number one. We have, uh, and The Silver Scorpion, uh, Trade Paperback. Oh, uh, dynamite. From IDW, we have Adventures of Augusta Wind, number three. Yay. We have Classic Popeye, number six. Doctor Who, number four. G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 186. Godzilla, number eight. Hollows, number two. Sweet. Jinrise, number one. Hmm. Joe Palooka, number two. Kiss, number seven. Uh, Love and Capes, What to Expect, number six of six. Yay. Uh, Mars Attacks, Kiss, one shot. <laughs> Popeye, number nine. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Color Classics, Teen number seven. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Secret History of the Foot Clan. Uh, <laughs> Transformers Regeneration. I had to take cream for that. The Foot Clan? Yeah. Stephanie's That's the name of the bad guys in the Ninja Turtles. No, no, I thought it was a disease. Uh, Transformers Regeneration 1, number 87. Transformers. More than meets the eye. 
Robots in Disguise. Oh, oh, number 13. Shit. That goes my winning streak. Isn't that self-explanatory? The robots in Disguise, they're, they're Transformers. I know, but there's two of them. There's Transformers More Than Meets the Eye and Transformers Robots in Disguise. They're two different series. So why can't that just be called Transformers? Because there's two different Transformers series. So? One why does called... one need a... Like, why, well, I mean, we've got 12 different Star Wars comic books, but yet Brian would still manage to come out with just Star Wars. Yeah, but that's the outlier of all of those things. Um, True Blood number Lonely. eight. Uh, Womanthology Space number four. Hurrah! Um, Artifacts. No, this is Image. Artifacts number 24. Change number two of four. Yes. Clone number three. End Times of Brahm and Ben. Sweet. One of four. Mm, waiting for that. Guarding the Globe, number five. Hackslash, number 22. Infinite Vacation, number five. Legend of Luther Strode, number two. Ooh. Mind the Gap, number seven. Yay. Non-Humans, number two of four. Perhaps Nots, Danger Down Under, number three. Peter Panzerfaust, number eight. Sweet. Point of Impact, number four. Repossessed, number one. Savage Dragon, number 184. Spawn, number 226. Nice. Uh, Supreme number 68, Think Tank Military Dossier number one, and Walking Dead number 106. Nope. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. Um, from Marvel Comics, we have Age of Apocalypse number 11. Age of Apocalypse. Avengers Arena number three. Yeah. Cable and X-Force number three. Uh, we have a Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, Shimi's Tale number one of two. Deadpool number one. Oh, sorry. No, those are reprints of Deadpool number one and two. Uh, Defenders volume two, trade paperback is coming out. Uh, we have Essential X-Men volume 11, trade paperback. Fantastic Four number three. Yes. Um, yeah, that's good. First X-Men <laughs> number five of five. Here's a good book. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Marvel Universe versus the Avengers number four of four. Oh, cool. Uh, Punisher Nightmare number two of five. Punisher Warzone, number three of five. Uh Uh-oh. Scarlet Spider, number 13. Secret Avengers, number 36. Secret Service, number five of six. Superior Spider-Man, number one. Uh, Thor, God of Thunder, number four. Sweet. Thunderbolts, number three. Um, Ultimate Comics, X-Men, number 21. Uh, Wolverine the X-Men, number 23. Yay. X-Men Legacy, number four. Sweet. Uh, She's... Freaking hell, Marvel. I thought Image had a lot of books coming out. <laughs> right. Uh, from Valiant, we have Volume 1 of The Harbinger. Uh, it's trade paperback. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, Shadow Man, number three. And uh, that is it. Uh, in Xenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales Presents Alice in Wonderland, trade paperback. And uh, Grim Fairy Tales Presents Wonderland, Volume 1, trade paperback. I want that Harbinger uh, trade. Yeah. I read I, the first issue of it. It was awesome. I hear that, yeah, I heard Harbinger and Exo Man of War and Shadow Man are all great. It's like, it's it's almost like straight, um, like, sci-fi fan fiction, but polished, like, mm-hmm. done really well. Um, I read the first two issues, and if I had more time, I would have read the whole thing. It's really impressive. Very cool. Very, very cool. So if you guys want to get in touch with us, um, the email address is info at talkingcomicbooks.com. The Twitter is at Talking Comics. Uh, Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Talking Comics. Um, um, and the website is talkingcomicbooks.com, obviously. Um, all our top ten lists are up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got articles. Uh, we got reviews. So we'll be checking it out in the next couple days. Uh, comment, please. And if you comment, uh, we will absolutely respond. Uh uh, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve's? Mine is at dead underscore anchorus. Stephanie? I'm Hello Cookie. And Bob? <laughs> um, Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. 
Uh, also, I know that we said we were going to go over uh, ASM 700 after uh, the break, but I think we're going to delay that conversation. I think it'd be better after we read uh, Superior, Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. To kind of get a, we're, we're, if we come this far already, we're already a couple weeks late anyway, so let's read Superior Spider-Man, then we'll have a better idea of uh, what we're dealing with, and we have a better conversation about it. Uh, so that is it uh, for this uh, week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our Best of 2013 uh, series, Best of 2012 series of podcasts. Jump the gun. I did. Hey. Uh, and uh, but let us know, you know, like email, Twitter, uh, comment on the site. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what you think of our winners, uh, what we should have done differently, uh, you know, and, wh- and also what you liked. All right. So that is uh, Tongue Comics for this week. For Steve, be excellent to each other. Bob, Excelsior. Stephanie, happy delayed NHL season, everyone. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. Yeah.